Hello and welcome to Elevate to Success, discussions on project management and leadership ideas, tips and techniques of being a project manager, agile practitioner, or a leader in your organization. So let's go. Here once again for another episode with my good friend and colleague, Alan Ward. So today for, for our listeners, we're going to talk about what, what you want to know about lean portfolio management. So this topic will result in a series of, you know, four separate episodes. And today we're going to, we're going to kind of touch on what is LPM and how it supports the enterprise. And then on our next episode, which will be part two, we'll touch on value stream mapping uh, your portfolio. So Alan, thanks again for sharing your knowledge in this area. Um, are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. It, uh, you know, this kind of stuff is what I live for. It, uh, the, okay. let me talk about the LPM. Great, fantastic. Okay, so let's um, go, let's let's go ahead and dive into you know what is LPM and you know how how is that uh, affect yeah. you know in, in, in does it affect in more enterprise or you know mid market kind of companies as well too? Um, um, the question is both. It uh, so the goal of the LPM, the Lean Portfolio Management level, is to align strategy and execution together. So. The enterprise is going to develop the strategy, and then uh, lower down at the program level, you're going to be executing. So let's get those two aligned so they're on the same page. That's the goal of the LPM. And so, what is a portfolio? So, what we call a portfolio is um, one or more development value streams that support a specific business domain. And so, for a small company, uh, small to maybe medium size, you're going to have a single portfolio. So you can have, um, you know, epics that are in HR, um, competing with epics in finance, etc. And so I remember working at a medium sized company uh, where um, HR wanted a new um, uh, system and they were competing against finance who wanted a, a, a system for themselves. And so you know, it's a single pie of money. And so they have to compete which one brings the most value. For larger companies, there's typically a portfolio for each business unit. So like when I was at USAA, they had eight. They had, you know, one for risk and one for uh, um, HR and then one for, you know, customer support. And so for a larger company, it can be many. And for a smaller company, it would be one. So let me ask you this question. So if, if it's each of the departments have their own um, portfolio, does that portfolio then follow through up the chain of, you know, up the ladder into the more bigger picture of the scope of the, what the, what, what the company or what the goal is? That's exactly right. And that's what we're going to talk about in a few minutes is connecting the portfolio to the enterprise. Got it. Okay. They can't go off and do their own thing. They have to be, um, you know, it's like think of it like a V8 where each one of these cylinders is a portfolio and they all have to work together to move the car forward uh, so that the enterprise is successful. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So one of the things I mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago is a portfolio supports one or more development value streams. And so then you're going to ask, okay, what's a development value stream? Well, a development, uh, I'm going to get into that in detail in part two, mm -hmm. but if I had to describe it in short, uh, a development value stream is uh, supports an operational value stream where an operational value stream is uh, um, 
all the steps that a customer would take uh, through their life. So um, we usually call it uh, um, order to cash. And so a development value stream would be all the systems and people which support and develop that operational value stream. So if a um, operational value stream is to get a loan at a bank, well then the people in the back who develop the systems to support all those different computer systems that, that people use to get a loan, then that's your development value stream. So it makes sense if you think about it that way. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. And so it's not a uh, it's not a, a simple um, task to identify your development value stream. So that's what we're going to talk about it in part two. So once again, let me reiterate: uh, a small enterprise. You know, I, I'm not going to give a, a certain amount of people or a certain amount of dollars, mm -hmm. but but what they say is a small enterprise would have a single portfolio, and then uh, uh, a larger enterprise would have multiple, many. And so the goal of having a portfolio is to bring in all of the people who work on this value stream so that we can, um, so to speak, connect the silos so that uh, we can eliminate delay. And so lean thinking is all about eliminating delay. And so it, uh, uh, lean came from Toyota and uh, from them lean thinking was uh, wasted parts. We don't want to waste any parts. Well. With software development, lean thinking is eliminating uh, wasted time. And so, so when, you, when you were when you were talking about silos, connecting the silos, are you talking about the certain areas in the groups? Um, all the different groups that are connected. Like, say, I'm uh, building a uh, um, an application to go on a on an iPhone, um, which is gonna um, say it's an insurance company and it's gonna help get you a quote. Fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, is uh, uh, is the compliance organization going to have to review this? Is the uh, DevSecOps group going to have to review this? Is legal going to have to review it? Is compliance going to have to review it? Each one of those organizations is a silo. And if you got to send something to them and then wait to hear back, that's a delay. So the solution is put them on the team, it, uh, on the bigger team of a, of a value stream so that you can uh, um, um, anticipate that need and and minimize the delay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you know, think about it like uh, you know, I, in my training, I, I talk about a SEAL team all the time. So you know, a SEAL team, every single SEAL team has a a, a guy on the team who's a medic. So if somebody gets hurt, the guy's right there on the on the team that to, to help you know plug the hole or 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 do something to you yeah so ultimately we want to organize the portfolio around the flow of value so how quickly can we do, can we give value so what, what I mean by value is you know something for the customer to benefit from the quicker and sus sustainably we can deliver that the better and anything we can do to shift around the organization to enhance that value delivery is what we're looking for. Right. Yeah. And I guess it would be, you know, stabilizing the teams and making sure that they, you know, they're all in sync together. Yep. Okay. okay. So the next thing I'll ask is uh, what's the benefit of organizing around a, a lean portfolio? Because, 
you know, I've come into organizations that had waterfall portfolios where you have all these different projects and dates and scopes and all these things. But, but uh, uh, um, having a, a portfolio that supports value streams, that supports um, agile release trains, that supports teams, enables long-lived stable teams. You know, a, a, a group of basketball players that have been playing together for a couple of years are surely going to be able to play better than you know putting together five different guys every month and so it's going to enable um shorter time to market and will contribute to higher quality and um actually supports other lean uh, mechanisms that we'll talk about later so the lean portfolio management is the highest level management of of work and so um you know, in the old world, we call them projects. In the new world, we call them epics. And so we'll talk about what an epic is in a little while, but it's uh, it's three groups of people, three functions of the lean portfolio management. The first function is strategy and investment uh, funding. So let's decide what we want to fund and what's our strategy. And the next one is uh, agile portfolio operations. Let's support execution. Let's oversee training so that we're consistent and stable with that. Uh, and then lean governance. So let's make sure that we're uh, properly following um, our metrics, the rules that we put in place for each other. And so that's what the lean portfolio management function does. And so who is on it? Well, it's going to be a combination of enterprise executives, business owners, uh, the enterprise architect, Oftentimes, enterprise architect is not a person; it's a function, and it could be um, it could be two, three, four people for you know a large enterprise. And so then, agile portfolio operations. This is going to be two different groups of people. One is going to be the um, the APMO, the Agile Project Management Office. Typically, with mm -hmm. a transformation, the old PMO, the Project Management Office, will. Um, will merge into becoming a APMO, Agile Project Management Office. But then another group of folks um, supports the Agile Project, oper uh, the Agile Portfolio Operations, and that's called the LACE, the Lean Agile Center of Excellence. This is going to be your coaches who are brought in to help you transform and, and train and support communities of practice and, and uh, uh, basically, you know, push you forward for the transformation. And so that can be permanent or that can be short-lived. And so um, some organizations keep an agile coach um, in the organization permanently. Others um, bring them on, you know, for the transformation and then the, then the lace will uh, dissolve. And then lean governance, this is gonna be a combination of the APMO, um, the, the enterprise architects and business owners to uh, um, to take a look at the MVPs of the epics and make go or no go decisions. Uh, do we want to continue or, or or do we want to stop? And uh, uh, that's an important role too. So all three of these roles are important, and so we'll talk about each one of them a little bit uh, here. It, uh, okay. Okay. So one of the things we talked about that I'm only going to talk about briefly here, but I, I will bring it up is, is lean budgeting practices. What does lean budgeting mean? And so, um, you know, I heard about it a couple of years ago, but I really didn't even know what it is. And so it's, uh, uh, we take a value stream 
and we budget for that value stream. We're not going to budget for a project. We're going to budget for a for a value stream. So that value stream um, would have one or more Azure release trains in it. You do some arithmetic and you add up the cost of all the people that are on that Azure release train uh, or value stream, and then you approve the budget for that. And then you make decisions at the LPM level on what you're going to put in and what you're not going to put in to that value stream. So decisions can be made quicker and, and you can look at the outcomes of those decisions quicker. And so uh, um, it, it's, it's easier and cleaner. Yeah, it kind of makes sense that it, the cost benefits or the costing and estimation is done on the, on the Epic level. I would think that, well, it kind of breaks it. You, you break, you break down the Epic, right? Into different uh, features and then stories. Yep. So we want to fund value streams, not projects. And so then we're going to look at all the different um, epics that we're going to work on. And then we're going to, uh, we're going to guide our investments by, by horizon. So you have epics that support um, current revenue, uh, important. You're going to have uh, epics that will support emerging revenue. And then we also have projects which support, you know, far out in the future revenue. And then you even have projects or, you know, epics that support um, um, sunsetting um, a particular application. So we don't want to focus too much on any one of them. Otherwise, we're going to get stuck. If we, if we spend all our money on current revenue um, uh, epics, then we're going to get stuck you know, in a few years, uh, we're going to we're going to be lost and uh, we're going to get passed up by everybody looking at the future. Right. So when you when you're talking about epics, Alan, um, and you're talking about costs now, enablers, is that factored in as well, too? Absolutely. It uh, uh, when when you um, uh, when you have an epic, that epic is going to be supported with an epic hypothesis statement and then business outcomes. And then it will also identify the enablers. Okay, so I, I want to build a new website. Okay, um, an enabler could be, um, you know, building a new data center to support it because you're going to be getting uh, hundreds of millions of hits now from people all over the world. So that stuff has to be identified and rolled into the, the cost of the epic. Okay, so let's talk about enterprise strategy formulation. It uh, So the, uh, um, let's see here. Um, the question we have to ask in developing our, our um, strategy is where do we compete, what resources or capabilities do we utilize, and how do we sustain our unique value? And so if we answer those questions, um, that will be our, our strategy. And then our strategic themes are going to support that strategy with the use of OKRs. That's objective and key results. So let's talk mm -hmm. specifically um, about what we want to do to achieve that strategy. And so those are going to be our strategic themes. And so um, enterprise strategy is supported by, or, or enterprise strategy drives strategic themes. It, uh, and so once we have identified our strategic themes, then we go to the next step and we can um, 
identify our current state canvas. And so current state canvas is going to identify resources and uh, um, revenue streams. And at that point, you'll have your value streams. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the value stream mapping in our in our next episode. But you'll you'll have identified your value streams, and then from there, you're gonna be able to do a SWOT analysis. Um, you know that strength, weakness, opportunity, threat, and that SWOT can then be shifted into a TOWS, uh, T-O-W-S, so that you can identify opportunities against those threats and opportunities against our strengths. And so that will be used to identify potential future canvases. And then we will analyze those and then agree on our future state canvas that we will drive towards. And then out of that will come the epics that go into the portfolio. I see. So basically it's almost like a, a charter in a, in a sense. But if you, if you're looking from a traditional standpoint, uh, traditional project management is, uh, you know, you have your the, your canvas domain, which is the understanding of what those, you know, what the portfolio is going to look like, or what the epics and things like that, and what the what the current state and future state would be based on, like you said, your SWOT analysis. Yep. So it, it, it I'm, I'm guessing it's it's like a project charter or project scope in a sense. Uh-huh. This actually came out of um, this thing called the business uh, business model canvas, and so it's it's an evolution of a charter. Absolutely, it's a uh, um, you know it's evolving from what used to be called a charter because this is a long lived artifact. When you're saying toes, um, I haven't heard that quite a while. I heard SWAT, and um, yep. it's, it's it's I guess it's backwards, right? SWAT to toes. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, it, uh, so, you know, SWAT is going to be, a um, you, you make four blocks. One is going to be strength. Another one is going to be right, weakness. Right. And then uh, the, another opportunity and threats. And then the toes is uh, you take those four uh, things and you, you on the outside of them, you put four more um, boxes. And so um, the S matches the O. And so then you have SO. So how can your strengths be used to exploit your opportunities? And so then you have uh, S comes together with T. So how can you apply strengths to overcome potential threats? So you're basically just uh, um, shifting it so that you can turn it into identifying uh, future work. That's actually kind of good because then it kind of allows you to think out of the box certain areas if you didn't think about it into just a regular SWAT um, exercise but if you oh. attach you know the 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 reverse of that then this, there could be a lot of things that can come out of that absolutely and this should be held as a workshop with your leaders and so they're gonna come up with uh, all kinds of great ideas that are on target so you know, if we're ignoring um, our internal weaknesses, um, we're gonna we're gonna get killed in one way or another. So we have to look at uh, what are the opportunities that are available to minimize our weaknesses, or um, what are the threats that are gonna come against our weaknesses, and how can we address them? So right, the, the SWAT um, is more common. But, but taking that and turning it into a toes 
is is really closer to where the rubber meets the road exactly exactly so is that done on the uh, operational level is on a higher level um yeah well this is part of um identifying um work for the portfolio and so this is not a okay. one done it should be done um you know on a cadence maybe maybe uh twice a year um in in um you know along with uh agile budgeting so that you can identify um uh upcoming threats you know like uh you know sure covid comes along and uh you know three months before covid nobody saw that as a as an external threat so but i noticed that uh you know walmart just came out with their uh um financial reporting they're like uh, at at record uh record stock levels so they uh they pivoted to uh take advantage of that threat and so that's what good companies do they they take advantage of these threats exactly yeah i see that well that's like what recently happened with goodyear <laughs> oh yeah they, well they, they, uh, they made a little bit of a mistake there <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah i mean they, their weaknesses i mean it just came out weakness there and then uh it just impacted their bottom line but yeah okay understood yeah that's i think that's a that's a good exercise to have and and, and a lot of folks listening in should should look at yeah, doing a swat and a toes exercise yep so so just going back we have our enterprise and then out of the enterprise comes the strategic themes and then mm -hmm. out of the strategic themes comes the current state canvas and then we diverge that into potential future canvases and then we we converge into the future state canvas and then out of that come the epics that go into the portfolio okay so so that's the last process basically yep then then you actually have a portfolio and uh and so that's the end of part one so um the next part we're going to actually talk about um how do you identify the value streams that go into that portfolio. So, so uh, you know, you can go to scalelazlframework.com and uh, click any of the links uh, on that big picture and you can deep dive into any one of those subjects. This is a multi-day class, so we're we're talking a pretty heavy duty subject here. Right, yeah, and, and what, what you folks are listening to is a very high, high 50,000, 100,000 bird's eye view of, <laughs> What Alan had gone through, so it's. I mean, portfolio, portfolio management is a uh, is important, and it gets into really the the details underneath of how to how to put one together. You said you were going to talk about um, portfolio epic. Are we are we there yet? Um, we're going to talk about that. I think uh, what is part three is talking about the portfolio kanban. Got it. Okay. So yep, we're gonna I jumped ahead. Kanban are going to be the epics, and so it uh um we're gonna deep dive into what is an epic and and that's supported by the hypothesis and the lean business case what's in a lean business case and how does that move through the kanban right okay so so basically what we did is we did the first like you said when you broke it down into different group different phases we got to a point where we have the future portfolio canvas right and and the next stage would be the epics which then we'll talk about that at um part four i believe how do we know what our value streams are and what value stream does this particular epic go into 
So uh, we're going we're gonna oh, to talk see. about the, uh, the operational value stream and then the development value stream. And then how, how does this uh, uh, epic uh, relate to that? Okay. Sounds good. So is there anything else uh, under the configuration and supporting the enterprise? Not that I can think of it. Uh, you know, I would urge everybody uh, who's still with us here um, to go to scaleagileframework.com and go to the top of the, of the big picture and take a look at a couple of those links and uh, it will go into more detail about how the, um, the enterprise drives the strategic themes, which drives uh, uh, the canvas, which drives uh, uh, our portfolio Kanban. And so uh, this is a great subject. And so, uh, but it's not a, a light subject. And so you really got to uh, dive pretty deep into it to, to get value out of understanding it. Yeah, I'm going to be teaching a public class uh, uh, next month for lean portfolio management. It's a it's a normally an in-person three day all day class. Um, I think we're going to be teaching it online over four days. Um, but uh, the certification is called LPM uh, 5.0. And so you'll be certified to to lead uh, a, a lean portfolio management organization at that point. That's fantastic. All right, I guess this comes to the end of this series. Or is there anything else, Alan, that we have for yeah, part one? The, uh, the ideal person to take that course would either be, um, you know, a very senior scrum master who's been um, tasked with uh, setting up and leading the portfolio, an agile coach, uh, a release train engineer, um, an executive or business owner who's going to be on the LPM. And so any of those folks would be a good fit to take that class. So if there's nothing else, folks, this is it for this episode. We're going to have another one coming up, part two, and we're going to talk about value streams. So until then, Alan, thanks for um, coming on board and, and sharing, sharing your, your knowledge in this area. And we look forward to part two. My pleasure. Stay safe, everyone. Talk to you soon. This is Elevate to Success, your host, Lloyd Philip B. with Infinity Bolt. For more information on how we can help you with your project management, coaching, as well as mentoring, you can go to my website at www.infinitybolt.com and send me an email. Please share this podcast and also tell a friend about us. Until then, keep it real. <laughs>